0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of your favorite show, Browner and Lawhead. I'm John Browner, as always, joined by Jason Lawhead on the Mighty 1090 ESP, and we are here for a fun time, not a long time. We do Monday through Wednesday, six to seven p.m., where we have all the fun and none of the hangover. What's up, Jason?
1: We love you, Fun Time, not not long time here. (laughs) what's up man uh yeah Friday's upon us for us and uh, end of the week and uh yeah man lots to talk about we always do we'll chew on whatever did you watch the all-star game are, last night
0: before but before we get to that okay if you are a fan of live music Jason I need you to comment yes or no yeah I love you know I love live music if I, you I, are yeah. a fan are you a fan of dive bars? I loved. I'm from Lorain, Ohio. We we if there
1: should if there was a dive bar a walking dive like Capital Hall of Fame, if there was a dive bar Hall of Fame, we would be up for it.
0: Are you into
1: cover bands? I don't mind a cover band. I I use it, me and my wife have this funny joke about cover bands. I mean I know you're going to a promo here, but uh me and my wife got this funny <laughs> joke about a uh cover band,
0: music festival. I'll tell you after you you promo it. Then all of you, if you are a yes to all three of those, bang, 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 then I cordially invite you to, Uh, I, okay, Keg, the dad band. I, yeah. I don't know the name of the band, but Bill <laughs> Hagen, the owner of 1090, is doing a show, him and his band, at the Kraken tonight, starting at 8 p.m., it's three sets. It'll be a great time. All the great friends who are around the area are more than welcome to come. If you're in Chula Vista, you want to drive up. If you're in Oceanside, you want to drive down. If you're in East County, stay in East County. But come I'm gonna on I'm going to swing down. through. I'm going to swing through. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It ain't far from home. And uh, the Kraken's
1: a, a fun little spot right on the Coast Highway, not far from from home so i'm gonna probably i'm not gonna get there right at eight i'll get there casually late but i'll probably get in there around nine or so 9 30 for a little bit pop in listen to some jams uh, have a little beer too yeah it's what a great spot so if you're in that area i definitely would go
0: I have made it clear to all those who know I will be stopping across the street at Pacific Coast Grill for espresso martini, Ooh. and then taking in the activities. You're an activities.
1: aristocrat, huh? Oh, okay, yeah, getting that espresso yeah, martini yeah, yeah. pre gaming across the street at the at the tablecloth yeah. restaurant. Then come on over before and, I dive bar. Yeah. yeah, a little yeah. biker bar, yeah, yeah. almost kind of. Yeah, right. But uh, it'll be so, fun. Yeah, man.
0: man. Bill Hagan's been awesome as far, been oh. awesome with the station, and he's been very helpful. And he's, he sent us all these nice, lovely uh, packages containing shirts that if you are one of the first 50 people tonight, you will get a free shirt, which is a great way to pack the crowd with 50 people when the show starts. So I'll be there. I'll be wearing this shirt from this package. I lost a bet, so I'll be there until it's over. Ooh, and it'll be a good yeah, yeah okay yeah. it'll be a good time man it'll be a good time i'm looking forward to it i'm not really big on cover bands more importantly the particular type of cover band because i don't know what they do per se but we'll see man we'll have a good time it'll be fun
1: man and as you said earlier bill has been such a generous guy with his time and his efforts first off i mean everything he's put yeah man stuff into and what he continues to do and the work you get put in, getting you know, ESPN, getting Jim Row and all that kind of stuff. But then just the guy he is to like us, you know, we barely know him. We met him a few times and he's right. really supportive. But hey, here's some Padre tickets. He invites you out on you know fishing excursions or other things and movie. Premiere. So he's always thoughtful that way about people that really he doesn't know, but he because he supports us uh he really shows it in just these ways so i'm gonna be out there to watch
0: him jam that's for sure i will 100 support this man and his effort even if i can't remember the name of the band listen the reason why people always give me a break on forgetting names because they know i forget names but i show up i support i won't forget your face that's all that needs to be known so in the end if you're good i will definitely give i will definitely pump you up if you're good so shout out i'll see everybody out there if you're coming uh if you're not coming You know, like it on Twitter or something. Uh, Speaking of liking things, like, share, subscribe to the show. If you miss anything, head over to the iTunes podcast store or head over to the YouTube under Kaplan and Crew. That's where Brown and Lawhead is and are and will be number one podcast in the Great Friends Podcast Network. Listen, I got a thing. I want to talk about it Uh, on the show today. I love John Madden, the game John Madden. John Madden, obviously, rest in peace. He's on the cover of the game this year, Madden 23. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, The All-Star Game is an interesting watch. We'll see how people took in. We'll see how Jason took it in. We'll talk about how I took it in as well. But I want to start out with something. um, Poor baby, right? The smallest violin in the world type situation. I understand gas is expensive. I understand that there are people struggling, right? So the idea that someone has to get their own plane or purchase their own plane ticket isn't really top of the mind for people. But in a sports aspect, this would be the equivalent of being employee of the month, and they're going to send you to the yearly conference of the corporation you work for. They're going to send all 12 of you, each employee of the month. But of your branch that you work at, they didn't pay for you to go. You got to drive yourself. Because if you're a pitcher for the A's or most importantly, Juan Soto, you had to get your own flight to Los Angeles for the all-star game. Now, Juan Soto is a different story. They're going through some beef. He wouldn't sign a 15-year yeah. contract. So exactly. he's like, hey, you on your own. But what happened with the A's really bothered me more than any because i love pettiness i could sit around with the petty all day when it comes to sports and and this type of uh, uh pissing contest but what happened with the a's should never happen right if the a's did this because they didn't have the money then we need to look at the a's ownership and it needs to end tomorrow major league baseball needs to purchase the oakland a's if they can't pay for the plane ticket Of the player that they're sending to the all-star game. One of the things that happens in sports is that really, really bad teams get overlooked. And in what pretty much is a regional sport being baseball, bad teams absolutely don't exist. Listen, The A's are worse than that. And so when you're looking at the way that they're running their franchise in a building where poop comes in the dugout, true story, (laughs) where they – let their manager go because they knew they were going to not compete, when they traded their best players away because they didn't want to pay them. This should be illegal. This is bad for the sport. This is bad for the community. And this is bad for the game. This is bad for the reputation and the image of baseball. I don't understand how the A's can get away with this, but I understand why the Nats did it. Yeah, I mean
1: the Nats are like, "Hey, look, dude. I mean, you just said no to 440 million. I guess you got enough money to go fly yourself places. <laughs> Have fun. Good luck. I don't mind it from the Nationals. It's like, dude, what else do we got to do? But offer you 444 million? So obviously, you don't want to be here. We're gonna we're, we're gonna spend our time and resources working on a trade for you. Have fun at the All Star Game, being a one tenth of a National. Basically, I get that. <laughs> I, I get that." Right. Like you're on your way out. One of his what they ought to did is one of his leg is one of his legs on his uh, pants should have just been the team he's going to because he's basically one step further to that team. Anyway, now the A's <laughs> have just been cheap forever. We've all known that. I mean, th- th- that torch has been passed, started by Char- Charlie Finley in the 70s that broke up that great dynasty that he really didn't have to, um, you know, uh, if he didn't want to and could have spent money on at least a lot of those pieces to keep them uh, throughout that 70s run but no he 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 was he elected to be cheap and, and sell guys like it was like the 1920s um so that started it you know i got it's a funny story bill burr told me this a long time ago bill's sister younger sister he's got a younger sister um and one of her first jobs out of college was she worked for the oakland A's front office department you know like one of those kind of she had come from a good good college resume and all that stuff but you know she was in the inner workings and she had to take like they made her pick up after like an honorary day they made her in like her small little toyota nothing that she just bought you know living in the bay area at high rent at 23 years old made her go pick up raleigh fingers at a hotel and drive him to like oakland <laughs> airport in some small little like pop that little hatchback trunk throw his throat and and it was just like one of those that's just a prime example this is probably only 10 12 13 years ago maybe tops uh, i'd say and that's that's that and and the fact that you're right the fact that and I and I'm always the flask guy I'm old school and everything it's like man the I wish the you know the A's couldn't leave Oakland and just build them a new they they meant they you know they sound the Oakland A's so much success so many great players they should stay in Oakland but yeah dude they've got feral cat colonies living in that stadium they've got sewage going through the dugouts they make, like, you saw the movie Moneyball, right? I mean, they're making yeah. players spend a dollar in their Pepsi machine in the clubhouse. They're not even giving them free soda. It's And the sad part is, is right now, Vegas is ready. It's like, there's a Steve Wynn or a Mark Cuban. There's a million of those guys ready to head up an investment group and say, give me that team in Vegas right now. Nobody's buying that crap in Oakland and having to do all the semantics it takes to move this team to Oakland. But it's like, hey, Manfred, get off your butt. Get that thing moved. Take control of the franchise. We'll get all of our ducks in a row. We'll get the stadium, everything, whatever we got to do. And we'll start playing ball in Vegas by 2023, 2024, whatever it is.
0: I think that this is sign number one that by the start of next year, all wheels should be in motion to put that team in Las Vegas. It's got to be. Hasn't been any formal, I, there hasn't been any formal announcements. There's no really other place to put a baseball team other other than um, uh, Las Vegas at this point. And I, I, I sincerely hope that because if I'm a professional athlete and – I make it to the big leagues. I shouldn't be dealing with minor league issues. This idea or this situation is is so beneath major league baseball. Like if I'm major league baseball and I get wind of this million dollar fine, million dollar fine. Now, not to the Nats again, because that's just pettiness. They can say, listen, this guy X, Y, Z didn't make it. They can make, they can come up with a reason. The, A's pitcher had to take a ride with the Astros. Like literally, they were like, "Wait, you going to an All Star game? How you getting there, man? I I don't know, man. I guess I got to get my own... like what? Oh man, come on, man, just get on, get on our bus. We'll like a human, it was like there. a humanitarian mission that the right. Astros and- <laughs> just did.
1: It's like they're, like the they're, like, teams are going to start flying over and dropping bag, bags of rice in Oakland County Coliseum. It's just, it's just going to be like you're going to see like Yankee planes flying over just dropping aid, you know.
0: It's a bag of balls in the middle <laughs> in, of the center field.
1: Bag of balls, some rosin, just a bunch of stuff. Just humanitarian aid being flown over <laughs> Oakland Stadium as we speak. Oh, look at that,
0: and, guys. I, Bro, uh, I, I, bases. I see what's happening. I see what <laughs> We're even looking for a third base. Sweet.
1: Hey, wasn't I... that nice? The Yankees donated some water coolers to Oakland this month. <laughs> I mean, come on. What's going on?
0: I chalk. I, I look at hey, it. you guys
1: need chalk at... to paint the field. We could go I on at... I could we could do this for a whole show. <laughs> cat food for this... all the feral cat colonies that are living in the concourses and the bricks and everywhere. You know that, right? There's feral cat colonies living there.
0: It. I. Why would you go see a game there? Like, ask a real question. Like, why would you go see a game? The Moneyball thing is cute. I. I and and because this is where this started. Like, we're upset with what happened with, in Oakland now, but Moneyball is where this started. Moneyball allowed a cheap organization to continue to be cheap and to rake in profits, like. The Oakland A's front office is vulture capitalism. They literally pay out the least and rake in the most. And people applauded the entire situation and followed suit in different places. Now the Astros did it. I'm not the Astros, but if I remember correctly, the Red Sox took it to the max because they did Moneyball and then they paid people on top of doing Moneyball. So what what's happened in Oakland is a travesty, and it it makes. People look at the situation, similar to what happened here in San Diego with the Chargers. Why would we pay anything for this organization? Why would we pay to build a stadium when the owner won't either A, put in to help, or B, put in on the product that's on the field, my dude. Come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, but it, it goes right back to the origin of that franchise, how it's always worked, and that just happens, right? Mm-hmm. That just becomes this, you know, DNA, right? Like, uh, right. Steinbrenner changed the attitude of the Yankees, right? So when, right. you know, the Yankees' old ways of just always being better than everybody because there was 10 teams in the league and you only had to win a pennant, eventually as the game grew and mano went away, the Yankees— had a hard hard time adjusting to uh, you know expansion and then eventually the the, the, the you know they, they, they didn't have the farm systems that that they once dominated because they were spread thin and other other teams and then all of a sudden he, he made that statement he came in and bought them when they were at their lowest in the 70s and said I don't care how much, I don't care if it costs me money out of my own checkbook. I, I will lose my, I will get everybody and we will win. We will win. And that attitude has permeated even to this huger flex with him gone that they just are like, doesn't matter. Here's how much we're spending. And yes, they, right. they but he built the, you know, the network to, to build all that money around it. And, um, and, and Oakland has always just said, you
0: know, we're a flea market. Nah, we good. We're a flea market. We good. It's funny you brought up the Yankees, because if you were to listen to Aaron Judge, you would assume that being a Yankee ain't for everybody. Yeah. Like, it's funny it's funny how you are speaking of the mystique and, and how the Yankees will spend whatever it takes to get the job done. And it almost seems like Aaron Judge is over all of it. Like, one place, I think there's, there's one, there's two places in professional sports where it's gotta be very difficult to play. New York City for the Yankees, and Los Angeles for the Lakers. Every other place has as good ups as they do downs. But I've got to imagine, being on the Yankees, good or bad seasons is the worst fishbowl you could possibly live in when it comes to major league sports at any level. And I feel the exact same way about the Los Angeles Lakers. There's, If you play for the Lakers, dude, Mike Penberthy is still getting work because he played for a Laker championship team. <laughs> like, Devin George, I can do a lot of these names, by the way. Devin George Devin is George, working wow. because he played for the Lakers. Tyron Lue is now an NBA head coach and NBA champion head coach because he played for the Lakers. It's different it hits different but some people sometimes a famous person once said i don't know who it was everything ain't for everybody
1: yeah man every time i see judge lately now and they talk about this it just seems like he's talking about um kind of something he doesn't want to talk about something he's just really doesn't right. even want to be attached to it's almost like Eh, like oh my god like and we talk about that mystique there's one thing it's like guys that aren't even yankees talk like they want to be a yankee you know oftentimes when they're in maybe the last year of the contract or when the questions start coming up about you know where they're next where they're going to go next depending on where they are i mean it, it it's it's that synonymous with you know and, and and to your point yeah it's tough being a yankee in new york and being a laker in la very i, I agree but when you're on top And and when you're playing well and when your team's playing well and a a lot of it is because your statistics are up there, boy, there's no other place to be. There really isn't. I mean, there's no other place to be. And, yeah, the Clevelands and the Chicagos and the Minneapolis's is, is, you know, they'll treat a guy more with kid gloves before they'll run him out of town because, hey, those markets – Really want a superstar to feel welcome there, most parts. You know, Cleveland had a issue years ago, um, the media, with with uh, Albert Bell. Uh, and no matter that he was leading us to great teams and putting up psychotic numbers, they, they just, his truculency, all of those things, drove a wedge, and they kind of helped not nudge him out of town, in my opinion. And we've always been tough on our football teams because, God, I mean, there's been a lot to be tough on. But that just goes back.
0: We got to get to a break. We got to get to a break. But before we get to this break, again, I got to tell y'all, tonight, if you are in your car, calmly pull over off the road and drive yourself to the Kraken to see the best, as they call themselves, dad bod band. It's cover band. I don't know what kind of music they play, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a good time because the if they don't got nothing. They got them bomb heavy-handed drinks, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you're going, you're going to walk in, you're going to Uber out, and that's a good sign of a dive bar, regardless of where you at, regardless of where you're going. So John Browner, Jason Lawhead, we will be back on the Mightier 1090 ESPN talking about... Did you watch the All-Star game last night? John Browner, Jason Lawhead, Browner and Lawhead, Jason and John, My Dear 1090, ESPN Radio. We are here. Woo! Listen, we talked a lot about the band. We talked a lot about flights. We talked a lot about being cheap. And now we are here to speak on last night's game. Jason Lawhead, worldwide comedian. Uh You have seen many of all-star games. How long did you last last night? Mm, i mean watching the game not not long i
1: it was i peppered back and forth i i did some stuff and uh you know i just the starting pitching matchup wasn't that compelling um right to me i just you know and not saying anybody didn't deserve it it's just like you know you want to get locked in on that first the days of like you know pedro versus randy johnson yeah yeah, i'm saying like it's just that so that's that's one of those things that kind of started dodger stadium's cool i like to watch dodger stadium i still think it holds up i am uh really a big fan of of old dodger stadium and and i'm glad and i hope they keep it around for many many years it's now the third oldest park next to wrigley and fenway and i hope hopefully as we approach the 2050s and that thing starts going on a hundred years old that's still around because i think it looks great it always looks great in the sunshine and as the sun sets it reminds me of those early world series i watched as a kid with the yankees and dodgers in 77 78 81 and then and a lot of that. so i really like the, the 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 kind of the picturesqueness of it the the sp- you know, the whole spread, the guys lining up. I get into that. The guys lining up the bu- uh, uh, down the baselines and, and the announcements and then the pomp and the circumstance. And then the game, as it always has been, kind of, even back in the days when I really idolized it, 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 it the, the game kind of falls off from that point. Although you do get to see the greats against each other facing one another or, or you know, possibly. But you all, you're always... It, it feels like if you had to have an average score of the history of all-star games, it it's three to two or four to two or or four to three or or two to one. So for the most part, that's what you know you're going to get. And that's what delivered yesterday. So great for the game. It's an institution, but you know, it is what it is and I'm not glued to it. Like I once was,
0: I gotta tell you, man. The one thing about the All Star Game that I thought would always suck me in, but it never has. I like pitching. The way to get me to stick in a baseball game, mm-hmm. put Pedro Martinez on. The I mile. love pitching. Put Randy Johnson on the mound, because that is that that is going to be there for multiple innings. You can tell me that King Griffey's there. I'm. I'll, I'll sit and watch the at bat. But after that, I'm. I, you're losing me. So for me. The first thing you need to do to get me to a television for a baseball game is have a good pitcher. The All-Star game generally is supposed to have that. You're supposed to get these iconic things of Kershaw versus O'Fony. You're supposed to get these these big <laughs> oh, time these, these big time, I uh, these big time <laughs> battles of of I, uh, of the Aaron Judges versus the. The uh, well, what uh, the Joe Musgroves or Max Scherzer, yeah, you know something
1: like you know, that. It, but it practice.
0: just doesn't do it. it the All Star Game doesn't do it for me because, as much as I I like watching great players perform, last night I was watching to see Manny, Manny Machado's at bat, and after that, I was done. Yeah, I had seen enough. I saw two innings. I saw eight innings. a half of each inning, and that was pretty much it. And I didn't, I didn't really find myself watching that game longing for anything. I found myself after, when I decided to turn the game off after he got out, I said, you know what this game could have used? Experiments. There should be a robot umpire in this game. Like, they should, they should have used this game, because when I saw them using the, um, the umpire cam, that was cool. The way that they had the guys mic'd up, that was cool. I just thought that game is a great opportunity to kind of showcase from a broadcast standpoint what we have to offer and how fun the game can be, and in addition to that, look how cool certain new features of baseball are. Right. And I thought the robot umpires, which has to happen, that's a great opportunity to have it because the game means nothing, but you also have the you intrigue of you, the game's biggest. You stars. want the you want the robot umpires. You
1: don't want that human element. You don't want no. that. You don't want that. No.
0: No. I no. I want. I want guys at the bases. I want the ump back there for the home plate, for the play at the plate. I don't, the the calling of balls and strikes has become too much about the umpire calling the balls and strikes. I think you would get better baseball. And this is my argument, by the way. It's healthier for the game to have robot umpires. Because now the pitchers will become masters at where they can throw the ball. And the hitters will become masters of how much space I have to work with. Because these players are so great. They're yeah. literally so great, they can master, okay, the ball's this high, this fast, I know I have to swing in this quadrant, because if I, I don't, if it's going to be a strike. Like, they can program themselves to pinpoint precision as a pitcher of where I have to throw this ball at 97 miles an hour, where I know I'm going to get the out. I think this would increase batting averages, which are absolutely tanking at this point. And I think this would create a level of competitiveness that would remove the idea of it's somebody else's fault that I got out. I just don't like the fact that, that the strike zone is so arbitrary. It's different from umpire to umpire and that hurts the game. You know, I see that part of the argument, but then you see all
1: those types of things though. And you, every major, you know, let's say basketball, you get, you know, a different crew for game one and game two. And I may ref, I may, what, I, what my style is, uh, you know, depending on what kind of game I see in the first two minutes of the of action is how much I'm going to allow the, the players to play through contact and how tight I am possibly going to ref the game. If I see something in the first two minutes that feels uh, overly physical and um, you know, uh, you know non fundamentally physical. I'm going to start putting a whistle on it and start buttoning it up. But if I see a athletic, fundamentally physical, flowing game that you know, I'll I'll watch contact and allow them to play through it. So in basketball, you get different versions of three man crews and everything, and the and and the regional semifinal that you you went to the final eight to win in in March Madness is going to be ref totally different than the way than it was the game before. There's a good chance. And that human element I still feel is important to the integrity. And I know that you're going to say, well, integrity, how can it be integrity if you're not getting the call right? I understand that. But I'm talking about the long time integrity to the, the human element of the sport to make those mistakes. To have certain things, have to play through their certain adversities, and 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 to have to adjust to certain things, and maybe have to catch a break later in the game. And a lot of times, I believe a lot of that stuff washes out after four quarters of basketball or nine innings of baseball. And um, I just think, you know, it becomes.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see. See, and this is where this is where we separate, because for me. Getting it right is the most important I
1: understand, but then
0: now basketball, we're going to go to the monitor after every
1: single play because they only allow you to maybe challenge something or the the, the league has the right to go to the monitor in the last two minutes on anything two refs might disagree on. Like, hey, I saw something. Well, let's go to the monitor. Or was that a flagrant? Let's go look at it. And that's just going to open these types of things to, if you can't get artificial robots on the floor for basketball, you know, or, or, or.
0: But this, this, this idea only works in baseball. The idea doesn't work in any other sport because the main action isn't idle. Basketball is moving and at mm-hmm. all parts it's moving, something illegal could right. be happening. Right. So you need multiple people on the court monitoring it. Same thing for football. You need a gang of dudes watching sure. A gang of dudes try to cheat the rules. Right. The reason why I think this is, is beneficial and it'll work, it made tennis better. The ball was going too fast at, at one point in time for the, for the ump to judge it, the, the chairman, whatever he's called, to judge. So they just went to computers. And wow. now they get it precisely. I'm talking about precisely down to the mm-hmm. line. And that has helped the game of tennis. That same thing will help the game of baseball. We have the technology. Again, umps can stay at the bases in the World Zero in the playoffs. Umps can be out in the outfield. I don't have a problem with that because, again, those plays cannot be monitored by a robot, but you can create the same strike zone for everyone, which is the entire point of the game. This excuse that we need to have human error because of XYZ. I Y, Z. I don't buy that when we don't need to have human error. I famously say all the time, and I like how I always say I famously say something. Adults mess things up for kids all the time, <laughs> all the time. And this, this falls under that same category. The umps messed the game up for these world-class players. Like, you're a good official, right? The NBA officiating is the best of the best. Nobody ever called them world class. It's
1: the hardest like, sport we, to it's the hardest sport to ref of any of the major sports. That and hockey, obviously, to be on those skates with those guys in that small space. And speed. Yeah. yeah, but
0: so this this yeah. idea that you can just, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to stand in this position where I can tell whether it's a strike or not. Like, we don't need that anymore. Like, at the time, we didn't have the technology. Great, because we, we this is the way that the game is played. But as we evolve, as technology evolves, we shouldn't be afraid to introduce some things into our games so we can enjoy our sports more. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's one of those. I
1: get your logic. I would not. I'm not trying to poke a hole in your logic. And, and you know, it is. It's a, it's an idle act. The pitch, the strike. If the player takes it and doesn't swing or put it into play, obviously play stops. Um, and you know, ob- unless you know the catcher's thrown down a second, but it's a stop. Throw it back to the pitcher. And it, it is. It's more of that tennis type of situation where. All you got to do is go to the computer. It's on the line after every point and something goes out. Everybody stops. Right. And and you're right with football, basketball. There's a multiple flow of things going on in action that maybe, you know, nobody's watching that there could be something we have to stop back here. So um, uh, I just I guess what I'm going to miss, because this is really where most arguments come down to. I'm going to miss the manager out there kicking dirt on the umpire cuz it, usually it stems from early balls and strikes. Once they finally blow their top on something, it's usually the manager. You know, every great while they'll 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 gripe about a a, a tag call or an out call, but now they have replay to even fix those situations. So I'm going to miss right. the the guys coming out there and losing their cool and getting ejected. If they go to robots, there's going to be literally never won come on that thing's way outside you know that's never gonna that's never gonna happen again and and for the fan you don't get to yell at the umpire you know i don't know i i miss those types of i guess those types of traditions that is what i mean when i say the integrity of the sport is the, the integrity meaning the the little holes of integrity that still exist i kind of like that
0: well, again, I, I'm. I I don't want to necessarily say that that's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I don't going on, right? A,
1: it's going on, and we right. know there's going to be fights in hockey, and we know yes. that there's going to be some skirmishes in basketball, or there's going to be a game where you're like, dude, that team got robbed and we're all and there's going to be a debate about that some other people on the 30 percent of the people that watch it are gonna be like no dude that was a great no call or whatever but i just feel like those types of things are what we love about sports too right like all of those human elements why do we talk about sports because it's so human it's so human so you know they're gonna have robots doing our jobs pretty soon just all, they're just gonna be robot sports talk show hosts, just complimenting robot refs all all day long. Every Monday, they're gonna be like, "Hey, what a great job by those officials over the weekend! That was the perfect outcome."
0: <laughs> but do you? I understand that you believe. Or you said that the numbers bear out. That oftentimes these things tend to in, even themselves out. Oftentimes, I mean, obviously you, not every time, right? I mean, yes, there are there. there are scenarios where you go. Wow, come on, really? Right. And the idea that we could start this show Monday morning with a call by an ump that was blown, that cost the Padres a game, to me, is ludicrous when you have the technology to prevent it. Now, what happened to the New Orleans, the Minnesota, was it Minnesota, or the, all, the pass interference call that wasn't called, that led to, I can't remember who going to the Super Bowl, that's egregious. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. It happened. But at the same time, the NFL took the steps that they had to take to fix that, and that's where you got replay from. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we just can just let this go because, you know, good old Johnny Baseball, I'm just not with it. But there's that. speaking of technology and changing things, I am a huge, huge fan of video games, for those of you who don't know. And I'm also a huge fan of John Madden, period. So now John Madden has come out with its 2023 running back ratings. Number one, Derrick Henry. Number two, Nick Chubb. And now this is in order as I go. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, by the way, which I was surprised to see that, hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott. You look at this list, Jason, oh, let me take let me take some of this down so you can actually see the entire list if you're watching. You take a look at this list. Derrick Henry had a 97 rating. Christian McCaffrey had a 96. Nick Chubb had a 96 for the Browns. But this 96 for the Christian McCaffrey. I got to tell you, man. It's time to punish Christian McCaffrey. He gets hurt all the time. And I mean all the time, bro. So let's let's stop awarding him. Where's what what's his injury rating? 10? 4, 5? Now he gets hurt every season and he costs me in fantasy. So of those people in the top 10, I'm I'm passing on Christian McCaffrey. But everybody else I'm good with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like McCaffrey. This is going to be a big season for him to kind of be not just a, you know, X-factor special, you know, skilled player, I should say. Uh, He's got to really step up as the true, true leader of this team and kind of take whatever quarterback wins this job under his wing a little bit. I think he's going to be more of the general. This will be a big year to see if he either – Belongs that high or belongs on this list. I I like that list. I mean, I I really think Joe Mixon uh, showed last year, the year before he 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 the, the Burrow injury year. He 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 just kept fighting for forward in that season and last year he really I just c- think came into his own as not just a, a a great talent but as a system back a guy that can that can play off of a a, a young quarterback and, and 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 not just you know be a punisher in the offense but play a role in the offense i think that uh you know guys like him guys like Nick Chubb are, are really those guys that are really good running backs. But I think that they really have grown into playing off of quarterbacks and, and and into systems and being a role player as well as a breakout runner and and a guy that can punish you over four quarters. And as, as great as Derrick Henry is, you know, sometimes I think he's just relied on so much as to be everything in that offense that it eventually right. – chips away at him over the long haul, and and maybe it, it, he isn't as valuable of a back as he would be. I mean, he, he's everything to the Titans offense, and sometimes I think that that may... I like to see some other guys a little higher on that list.
0: Mix Here's it. a list that I was I shocked. I, th- I was super shocked at this list. So this is the top 10... Defensive end, basically edge rushers. 99, Miles Garrett. T.J. Watt at a 96. Nick Bosa at a 94. Von Miller at a 92. Yeah. And then the Chargers have Khalil Mack, obviously, and Joey Bosa, 92 and 91, respectively, rounded out by Cam Jordan, Demarcus De- Lawrence, Chandler Jones, and Rashawn Gary. Look, I, I've said I've talked a lot about what the Chargers will and won't be this upcoming season. And I gotta <laughs> respectfully tell you, this may be the best defense they've ever had, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, man, when we've looked at our lists right now, we've looked
1: at the quarterback yeah. list. The Chargers have a guy way up on that. We looked at the wide receivers list. The Chargers have a guy have in the a top on 10 on that. that. We just looked at the running back list. He's at the bottom side, but he's in the top 10 in that. Well, we just look at the pass rushers list, and we got a back-to-back crew at the at the middle, the high end of the top 10 list there. So as we talked about it, you've said it before on the show on paper. And now I'm starting to really be swayed over to on paper that this is probably the best Charger team we've ever seen, at least since. Maybe that Fouts, Winslow type two but they didn't have that kind of defense. And I know the Marty, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson,
0: uh, Rivers crew with with guys. Let's keep I mean the, let's keep the train let's keep the trend going. Safeties. Darren James, number two. Yeah, I mean, number two. So
1: whoo. And like you I'm, said, I'm like keep we've talked about I got with, here. With, with a few well, other you know, uh, yeah. things happening in KC, I mean, this has got this team's got to be the, in my opinion, the, the favorite. It, it, as crazy as it may sound, I mean, uh, unless you're just gonna, you know, hang on to Mahomes and Andy Reid as your reasons, I mean, <laughs> when you break it down on paper and really spread it, I mean, look at it. I mean, the Chargers have to be the clear
0: favorite to win this division. I think they are. We're the clear favorite to be back next week on Monday. Brown and Lawhead. See you then. Peace.